T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome, everyone, to Center Stage, all things arts and entertainment. We just believe you ought to know about it. And there is so much going on in the Twin Cities and beyond in the great state of Minnesota. It is so much to talk about tonight, so you want to stick and stay with us for the guests that we have tonight. All right, as you know, I have two new... um, um, producers for this show, and I'm really excited to have Cheryl L. West, the playwright, uh, joining us tonight. It's called Something Happened in Our Town. And um, I didn't get a chance, unfortunately, Cheryl, to to be able to open the press release, so please forgive me, but I am excited about this. I'm asking whether or not um, Something Happened in Our Town is a book, and now it has been it has become um, a play. Am I correct? Yeah. That is correct. It's a small picture book that I then crafted a 75-minute play off of. That's amazing. <laughs> that is such yeah. amazing. Tell us about this book and this play and how they, they are, are they um, in tandem with each other, or did you add a lot to the piece? I had to add uh, quite a bit in a way because when you think of a picture book, you could read that in about five, six minutes. But then you, you know, we have 11 people on stage. So um, basically you take the original writer's intention and what are those things and you expand on them that uh, to cre- create a story that can hold an audience's uh, interest for about 70 minutes. And I think that uh, we had our first preview tonight, so I'm still kind of jazzed about that. Um, <laughs> it was great. Because you never know when you get your first audience if they're going to receive it well. Uh, but we were received wonderfully, and the kids just did such a great job. As an American playwright, has it been? Was it difficult for you to take this piece and make it where, what you saw in your heart and head? Somewhat, because again, my goal was to be fair and to present several sides of the issue. And so that is difficult. I'm an African-American woman. Certainly I've been touched by the violence um, uh, that is happening in the streets. My family, I have family that lives in Minneapolis. Uh, So it's always hard when you're dealing with a real issue that has affected so many, particularly children, because Mm -hmm. it's our children that are going to heal us. And so I feel it's a mission to write a story that can be a bridge across the divide. It's so true, so true. 
Yes, and but uh, but to be, create something that's fair, that does not single out all cops are bad, um, or that all cops are good. That it is a very loaded issue. There have been people uh, very hurt. My community has been very damaged by profiling and police violence. So there's some very real issues here. But that is not to say that every person that wears blue is out to hurt people. Most people that go into that profession go in there because they they feel the mission to help people. But as in any profession, you're going to have some people that don't belong. Some people that don't belong. How do you present something like this to the children, even if they've read the book? I know that you've made this into an amazing piece. I'm sure of it. So something happened in our town. For the children to receive it as a play, would you encourage the parents to bring them to the piece? I think so, because I think that, you know, oftentimes as parents, we we can be kind of careless in our language. Uh, we could say things in our home we understand, but children don't always have a context. They don't right. have the history that we have. So I think it's important that this is a play that the family attends together, that the family discusses together, that the family says, how would we respond if we were in that situation? Mm-hmm. What are the questions you have? The children that are in the play actually have really shared a lot, and many of them have shared They're so happy to have a safe forum to actually be able to discuss these issues. And that's the key, right? Yes. In some homes, people are not talking about this. Mm. They they don't know how to. And we're hoping that the play will provide some tools to at least begin those conversations. So what type of conversations did you hear after the piece today? Today was the first day, I believe, of something happened in our town at the Children's Theater. Um, yeah. Was there a talk back, or did you talk to some of the parents afterwards? I was on Zoom, but there was a talk back that I observed. And there were some people, there was uh, some children that talked about how it was realistic to them, that they were glad to be able to talk about that. There were parents and educators who talked about that. There was one man who said that it was triggering. Uh, as an African-American man, he felt triggered by it because it wasn't just a play to him. It was a lived experience. Mm. Um, so I think we ran the gamut in terms of reactions. You know, for me, um, what has been really interesting is that the children seem to know that they have to save the world. Um, I have a uh, a nine-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old grandchildren, and uh, I am amazed at the questions that the two oldest ones ask. It's really quite remarkable. And when they hear something on the news that their parents really don't want them to have to deal with yet, it's amazing how they'll come to me or come to their mom or dad and just say, explain this to me how is it happening what does this Mm -hmm. mean the nine-year-old especially I mean she's so in tune to what is happening in the news even though she doesn't get to see all of the videos and hear everything I can just imagine the parents are a little you know uneasy about showing them a piece like this but for me I see it as it's an awakening for the children especially the way you've posed it so um, tell us what it how this starts does it start 
happy, um, joyful, and then it moves into other things and it ends happy and joyful? Well, I think at the, the, the foundation of the piece, there's two kids, one black, one white, who are really good friends and want to remain that. And, and yet they do not have the maturity, the experience, or the language to discuss whether the friendship is being pulled apart by everybody else's attitudes. You, you know, when something like this happens, when there's a shooting and people get on a, a, a divide of, well, you're different. You don't look like me. My family says I can't play with you anymore. My family says you're violent. Uh, you know, then we don't, the children have no language for that. They don't know how to sort of navigate how to still be friends when they hear things in their household that um, is very prejudicial sometimes. So how does a child, who does that child go to to discuss those kind of things? Right, um, exactly. And, 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 and where do you, where is it safe? Because that, a lot of it has to do with safety. And right now we're in a world that doesn't feel very safe for children. There's a lot of anger globally, and that seeps into community, neighborhoods, and even your individual homes. I have to tell you, as I'm sitting here looking at this beautiful cast, you know, of all colors, it's just beautiful. Um, Knowing that these children are sitting under the tutelage, really, of these actors, learning so much, but also expressing and feeling what this is all about. I can imagine the conversations at home, at school, um, all of that, because this is all encompassing. Would you um, say to parents that, okay, no more than, you know, they shouldn't be any younger than seven or eight years old, or would you say bring them anyway? I'm not sure what the the theater has a recommendation usually, and I think it's eight, uh, but they can check the website on that. I I certainly understand a parent's hesitancy because I'm a parent as well, and we always want to keep our children innocent as long as we can. However, we don't want to keep them ignorant. There's a difference between innocence and ignorance. And they and and being prepared to be able to, uh, you know, rest in this ease. You know that this is not comfortable, but we can get through it if you want to talk. So, rest in disease. That's that's really a a good one right there, Cheryl. Thank you for that. <laughs> so so something happened in our town. People have until when, uh, when the show closes, you can still get tickets to come. Yes, you can. I think we run for a month, and we welcome, and they're going to have a talk back every night. Uh, So, you know, this entire uh, uh, production, we want those engagements. We want to engage with the community about it And, and, and realize it's not going to be easy, but so necessary, these conversations. 
Well, the piece is called Something Happened in Our Town. It is based on a book. Uh, it opened tonight, today, uh, February 27th, and it'll go all the way till March 27th, one month. And, of course, um, the, it's best enjoyed by the ages 7 and up, so you were correct about that. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for joining us tonight and to talking about this uh, really important thing. Some parents won't be comfortable, but I do encourage them to find out more about the piece and, if you can, bring your children because they hear about these things. They really do yeah. on the buses yeah. and so much more. So this is the time to do it. Uh, Cheryl L. West, playwright, something happened to our town. We hope you'll get over to the Children's um, Theater and see it. And thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Take care Good of yourself. Night. I hope I'll have you on again soon. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. All right, we're going to take a break and come back with our next guest, uh, the Roll Family Singers. Have you heard of them? Mm, let's talk about bluegrass. We'll be back in a moment. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Center Stage, all things arts and entertainment, and I am excited to introduce to those that don't know this particular family of singers, the Rowe Family Singers. Minnesota Winter Bluegrass Weekend is taking place March 4th through the 6th in Plymouth, Minnesota, and the Rowe Family Singers are joining us to talk about it. Quinlan, and I hope I said that correctly, and Kim Rowe. Welcome to both of you. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. Is it Quillen? Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry I mispronounced it. Okay, Quillen and Kim. First of all, I think you guys are adorable and hilarious. When I went to the website, the therowefamilysingers.com, um, the first thing I see is husband and wife should be, uh, shouldn't be in bands together. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> and I just <laughs> fell out laughing. <laughs> Yet here you are today. How long have you guys been together? Singing. Oh boy, way too long, way too long. I'm just kidding. Um, well, we've been together. We've been married since 2003, and it was 2003 when we started singing. Wow, well, you've made together. this music together, and you are you starting uh, uh at you started at a tribute, I think it says, to the then recently deceased Johnny and June Carter Cash. I can imagine how much fun that was. And do you still do that music? 
Oh, very much so. Yep. Uh, Johnny Cash and, and June Carter's music is very important to us. And it's a lot of fun to play, too, especially the stuff that they recorded together. Yeah. Right. A lot of people say that about the, the two of them. You know, I um I cannot say that I fell in love with bluegrass the first time I heard it, you know, decades ago. But I must say that when I was a part of a Prairie Home Companion, um, bluegrass was, it just became part of who I was. I've sung many bluegrass songs background, you know, on that show. And um, there's something really special about it. Tell us what bluegrass music means to you. Let's start with you, Quillen. This is uh, it's the music I grew up with. My family, I grew, uh, Kim and I both grew up here in the Twin Cities, but my family is from southern Iowa by way of uh, Missouri and Tennessee and Kentucky. So my granddad in particular, when I was a boy, I'd spend my summers down in southern Iowa, and he would sing a lot of his old, old songs to me as uh, bedtime songs. And so, it's, and so-, it's, so it's just, you know... It's something that that has been part of my life for as long as I can remember. Wow. You mentioned uh, in, in what I'm reading about you guys, your bio and things that you've been through, um, Lee's Liquor Lounge was uh, mentioned, and that's something that's been here in Minnesota for a long time. So to know that you guys have been uh, around not just the state of Minnesota and so many other places, tell me where you where do you love to sing? Would you rather be in a, a small club? Would you rather be on a big stage? Tell me what you prefer. Oh, boy. Depends. <laughs> I just like to play. I just like to perform. I think you know. I'm. I'm sure you can relate. It's. It's. It's not so much the venue as it is the crowd. Yeah. You know. That's it's, true. it's uh It's the energy. You know. You because you're you're generating. You know, when you're on stage, you're making. You're generating energy, and you're giving. You're giving your energy out to the audience. So if you've got a if you've got a great audience that's giving it back to you, that's 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 what I like to perform for. Just that when the, when it becomes this reciprocal thing and, you know, the, the crowd is as engaged as, as we are on stage. That is so true. And you guys have put out some albums as well. How many do you have so far? We've got six now and uh, we're just releasing a seventh one uh, sometime later this spring. Wow. Congratulations. What will it be called? The, the new one is called Sisters and Brothers. Sisters and Brothers. Why Sisters and Brothers? Tell me more. <laughs> so you, um, this is a, a period of, of really strong division uh, between people for, for many reasons. And that's just, that's not who we are. You know, we want, we want to be people that well, I guess the easiest way to think of it is one of my biggest heroes is Mr. Rogers, you know, peacemakers, yeah. uh, Dr. Dr. King, um, mm-hmm. you know, people whose whose life's mission was was ending hatred and bringing people together. And so the idea with sisters and brothers is that that's that's what we all are. You know, we 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 come up with all these reasons to. Uh, to think that we're different from each other, when, in fact, a lot of that seems like it's just, you know, manufactured by, you know, by, you know, talking heads who benefit from it. When, in fact, you know, when you just have conversations with people, you find that you have much more in common than than not. Wow, Quillen, I think you ought to run for office. 
<laughs> and of course, Kim falls out laughing over that one. There you go. <laughs> well, tell us, Kim, tell us what um, we should expect on March 4th through the 6th in Plymouth. Tell us what that weekend will be like for you guys. Oh, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it feels like a little family reunion every year. Um, mm-hmm. you, you get in and you get your tickets and you just, you see music and you can join in, um, jams, bring your instruments, uh, go see, go see music at different stages. We're playing, uh, at the Europa room. Yeah. We play Saturday at five. Saturday at five. And where's the Europa our, uh, room? It's the dining, it's the dining hall of the, uh, of, of the, the Crown Plaza. Of the Crown, crown Oh, the you. Crown Plaza. Okay, I got you. <laughs> and that's the Crown Plaza that's not downtown. It's further out, isn't it? It's out here in Plymouth. Ah, yes, in Plymouth. All right, I hope people can come. Are there still tickets available? There are. Um, it's, there's a, you know, and there's, so there's tickets for the general event uh, that you can get at min, uh, minnesotabluegrass.org. And then uh, you can also buy Saturday. There's a main event Saturday night. There's a big a big concert, and those tickets are separate. Uh, but it's all available at minnesotabluegrass.org. Our favorite parts are uh, on Saturday afternoons, there's a group called the Wild Goose Chase Cloggers, which are uh, choreographed um, Appalachian clogging, which is a, a form of tap dance. I think they're at 3 o'clock on Saturday. Is that what it is? Yeah. And they do a little workshop, so anyone who likes the dancing can learn how to do it. And then Saturday nights are the are the big square dances. And, and our girls are now in middle school, but they still, uh, I keep expecting them to think they're too cool for square dancing, but it's like it's their highlight <laughs> still. So. Exactly. And, and clogging is so interesting. It's not an easy thing to do. You have to really uh, pay attention so you don't get hurt. Um, many are being taught that. I think I saw when my son was in 10th grade, we went to go see uh, a play that had clogging in it. And that was really something to see and hear. So I wish them well. I hope they stick with it. I really do. And um, the song that we played to open up our our interview, um, that hasn't been officially released yet. Is that correct? That's right. Yep. That'll be on Sisters and Brothers. How about that? Uh, The song is called the Loretta Lynn Blues. I love that title. So I hope that you guys are still writing. I hope you'll put out some more albums and that you'll keep doing what you were put here to do. I know that that's what I love to do, too. So don't be surprised if you see a a big, beautiful black woman walking through the doors trying to see y'all on the 4th or the 6th, okay? We would love to see you again. again. (laughs) Take care of yourselves, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Gerilyn. Be well. Take care, Quilling. Take care, Kim. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, so you guys, they're called the Roe Family Singers. Uh, Minnesota Winter Bluegrass Weekend is taking place March 4th through the 6th in Plymouth at the Crown Plaza. Get your tickets now. I'm, I'm sure you will enjoy it. I have fallen in love with bluegrass. I know some of you are going, really? What? Mm-hmm. I listen to it sometime. I actually recorded um, a song on my one of my albums that was kind of bluegrass, so you just never know. You never know. All right, coming up next, you guys. We're going to have our guest, uh, a couple of artists. Uh, It's called Once Upon a Winter Night, and it's two performers, Johnny Me, Kaylee Melvin, and Liz Winnagle. And I'm looking forward to talking to them about uh, Open Eye Theater's Once Upon a Winter Night. We'll be back in a moment. 
You're listening to a song called Once Upon a Winter Night. And um, joining me to talk about it are two performers with Open Eye Theater. Uh, they're opening on March 3rd. It's a new original production, a chamber symphony with puppets created by Michael Summers. And joining us to talk about it is Kaylee Melvin and Liz Winnegill. I hope I said that correctly. Liz, welcome to both of you. Hi there. Hey now, is this Kaylee? Hi, Kaylee. Oh, Callie, sorry. Mm-hmm. How are you, Callie? And Liz, which one just spoke? Which one? Um, this is Liz. Can you okay. Hear me? Yes, I can hear you very well. And uh, Callie, thank you so much for joining us as well. Okay, I'm going to give a little bit about Callie. Uh, she's Twin Cities-based puppeteer, teacher, and performing artist. She has worked with Monkey Bear, Harmolotic Workshop in the Heart of the Beast Puppet Theater, Z Puppets, Puppet Lab, the Weissman Museum of Art, Open Eye Theater, the Minnesota Museum of American Art, Bare Bones Puppets, and more. My goodness, Kelly, you are, you are a busy woman, which is so exciting. And uh, I was really um, interested in hearing more about how you use um, your original pe- puppetry work as a means to tell stories and explore your experiences as a transracial, intercontinental adoptee growing up in the Twin Cities. Can you tell us more? Uh, yes, uh, that's some puppet work that I've created in the past um, and have used those skills from my life to kind of fuel the story and create um, a visual poetry world for those stories to happen in. You know, it's pretty exciting what puppets can do in a show. It's like they're speaking to us, directly to us. The movement, the the way they are incorporated, it really can be so beautiful. Now let's talk about Liz. Liz, you are a performer, director, and teaching artist based on indigenous land, uh, Minnesota Makachi. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, so forgive me. Liz got there. You got your start in the Twin Cities through Open Eyes Platform Series, where they co-directed a full-length shadow puppet show entitled The Side of the Blue, and that was in 2013. My goodness, did you enjoy so much you decided to stick with it? Yeah, definitely. I've um, been super lucky to be involved with many different productions at OpenEye, and that, um, yeah, I caught the puppet bug around 2012, 2013, and it has stuck with me. It's exciting that you um, not long ago completed your MFA in theater, uh, directing at the University of Calgary in Canada, uh, where they premiered original clown puppetry product, uh, productions. And it must be exciting to have this under your belt and know that you can do a whole lot with that MFA and that you continue to uh, perform as well. Do I have that right? Yeah, totally. It's it's also a great experience to like be di- be directed after directing and kind of see both sides of of the experience there. Yeah, and it is an experience, that's for sure. So, um <laughs> you're opening on March 3rd with this new original production. Tell us more about it. Do you want to go first, Kelly? Um sure. It's a combination of stories and images that Michael's created to bring this entire winter world in um, different pieces all together. Um, Liz, do you want to talk more about it too? Yeah. Um, and uh, Michael has used um, different winter myths, I would say, um, and stories like Hans Christian Andersen's Little Match Girl um, and influences of other like snow spirits. And the piece is very much about, like, transitions. Um, There's this character, Sister Winter, 
who um, all she wants to do is is melt, and it kind of um, it it represents the change of seasons, but also like um, change of life transition as well. Um, told through visual, lots of visual metaphors, as you mentioned before. You talked about, um, it mentions the chamber symphony, and I'm just wondering if there were original songs uh, put together for this particular piece called Once Upon a Winter Night. Yes, um, the composer that we're working with, his name is Eric Jensen, and all the music is original. Um, so that has been that has been really amazing, and I think the music does a really good job of... Um, yeah, it's it's kind of like an accessible sound, but also like really mysterious and challenging and just fits the piece so well. So, Callie, how many um, actors are involved, singers, uh, musicians? Is the cast pretty large? There are four performers, um, and then there are two live musicians in this piece. So we all so, kind of work together to bring this whole world um, to life. Wow. So what should people expect when they come? What would you say is the one thing about this piece and why people should come and see it? Ooh, I would say just magic. Mm. <laughs> Who's the set designer, Liz? Um, well, Michael Summers is the creator and director, and I believe that he has designed the entire set and all the puppets. Um, it's been really cool to see how visual art is so much a part of Michael's process and how there's kind of no separation between visual art and theater. Um, yeah. So that's something to definitely look forward to that connection between um, the art of the visual, the visual puppet with its, its live, its, its live nature on stage. So what most, what, what you usually do is uh, original pieces or is this uh is this one of a one of a kind? Um, personally, I well, I think the puppetry scene and community in Minneapolis is is very many people like make their own works. I think that's a really big part of what puppetry is because it's you know there aren't many puppetry plays just sitting on on bookshelves and stuff. Um, so I think yeah, it, it is done often. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not super special still. I think it's special. Um, you know, Broadway has incorporated puppets uh, here in the great state of Minnesota. Many theaters have incorporated uh, puppets, mm -hmm. small ones, big ones, you know. I remember mm -hmm. my family, um, we do a Christmas show every year except for COVID time. Um, and we used to have puppets in our show, those big, tall ones from, you know, in the Heart of the Beast um, puppet mm -hmm. theater. And, it, you know, the children just loved it. And that's one thing about puppetry. Mm -hmm. Children love it. Is this a show for children? This is not intended for young children. I believe it's listed at 14 and up. It, it's a fairy tale for adults. Isn't it amazing when you say puppets immediately, parents, we start <laughs> thinking, oh, yeah, there's a show I should take them to. <laughs> so I'm glad I asked not that always. question and you answered it. Right, not <laughs> always. So um, if people come to see this, you said 14 years old and up. Um, and once upon a winter, winter is an actual character in this. So once upon a winter night, it has a lot to do with winter, correct? Yes, most definitely. 
Okay. So as you guys um, open this up on March 3rd, um, what size theater are you in? Because I'm not quite sure where you're going to be. Oh, it's very small. So it's in Open Eye, the building. Um, oh, I'm great. I remember how many seats are. I think it's only like 50 seats or something like that, maybe right. more. But, right. um, you know, Open Eye's work is, is intentionally very, like, intimate. And the, the size of the puppetry is small. Um, so, yeah, get tickets as soon as you can because the seats fill up pretty quickly. And you're doing it March 3rd through what? Is it just one Third night or is week. it a... Oh, we're running for three weekends. For three weekends. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Thursday, I think it's Thursday Friday, through Friday, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Say that again, Callie. Uh, just the same thing. Thursday through Sunday. Oh, Thursday through Sunday. Okay. Beginning March 3rd. All right, then. I'm excited about this. It sounds like something I might want to peek in and take a look at. So do you guys think a, a woman like me would uh, enjoy a show like this? Absolutely. I think, oh, say yes. Yeah. Come on, say yes. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I've, I, you know, you're, there's, a, there's singing in the show, too. And I know you're a singer. So um, and the music is just super enjoyable. So, I, you know, if you don't like puppets, you could come for the music. Well, I'm excited to talk to both of you. You are definitely engaged in the Open Eye Theater, uh, Once Upon a Winter Night. Again, it starts on March 3rd for for three weekends, starting on a Thursday through Sunday. And I really wish you well with this. I hope to hear a lot more about it. So um, you guys will have to come visit me again when you're engaged in another puppet show. I'd love to hear more. Awesome. That would be wonderful. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us, you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, it's interesting. We have so many theaters in the Twin Cities, which is quite remarkable. Big, small, medium-sized, those that are just getting off the ground, comedians that put together a theater piece, and they find a spot to put on shows. And it's really a beautiful thing. We have theater here for a reason, and we really do enjoy it. So I hope now that the mass mandates are kind of lifted in uh, the Twin Cities metro area, that people will get out even more to see theater, because the theaters are waiting for us. They just want you to show up. All right, you guys, we're going to take a break and come with my next guest, which I am excited about as well. Um, You know, talking to those two women about puppetry, uh, I think about my son. And um, my son, Michael Battle, is going to join us in the 10 o'clock hour. And we're going to really talk about what it used to be like. He's um, was a professional musician. I'm sorry, not musician, magician for many years with different types of illusions and sets, that sort of thing. So our conversation tonight will be quite interesting. And I hope you will stick and stay with us in the 10 o'clock hour as well. All right, we'll be back in a moment. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.